Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and co-parents of all ages, this podcast is for you. Introducing in the center ring, the amicable divorce expert, Judith Weigel. This is our celebrity divorce of the month, and we're going to circle back to Kelly Clarkson and Brandon Blackstock. Truly, they are divorced. And I did an episode on them before, and it didn't sound good at all. There was a lot of arguing, and I believe it went to trial. That's always a drag. I read an article last week, and it looked good. So I want to read the article. It's pretty short. And there's three topics that I'm pulling from the article. I'll tell you in a minute. Let me read the article first. So here it goes. And it's from Yahoo Life, where, of course, you know, anything on the Internet is completely true. No. All right. Kelly Clarkson and Brandon Blackstock appear to have put aside their divorce drama. And there was a lot of drama to spend time with their kids this summer in Montana. Now, if we all remember, there's the ranch in Montana. Kelly owns it. And it was a contentious part of the divorce. Kelly chatted about their co-parenting moment on the Today Show, saying it's obviously been a rough couple of years, so it was really important to me, like, shut down for a minute. I literally four-wheeled it in the mountains. I have a lot of water on my property, so my sister and my nephew and I and a couple friends just literally spent the whole summer in the mountains just hanging out in nature. She added that Brandon joined her on the trip. See, this is really good news. Explaining that, quote, the kids were with me and with their dad. It was nice because they usually have to travel a lot because of our separation. So we were both in Montana. So it felt like the first time my kids felt a little more centered as well. That always makes me feel so good. Ah, okay. Kelly and Brandon announced their split in summer of 2020, and then in August 2021, a source told us at Us Weekly, quote, she was the high income earner, no shit, with a wildly successful talk show, which I absolutely love, by the way. When I get up at four in the morning, it's on Bravo in Los Angeles, and she's adorable. She starts by singing a song. She's such a good singer. She's such an up, positive, sweet, lovely personality on stage. So, um, you know, good for you, Kelly. So she was the high income earner with one of our topics, with a wildly successful talk show and is the star of another hit show, The Voice. Okay, who doesn't love that? Brandon was extremely jealous of it and it made, and made her know it. Okay, this is another topic for this podcast. The outlet also reported that Kelly earns $2 million per month. Okay, I want to marry her now. And the source added that she realized, quote, Brandon was just using her for her money and lifestyle. You know what? That's horrible to say. Yeah, I don't like stuff like that. How does anybody know that? You know, I kind of think he loved her. We'll see. Well, we won't see. I won't know. It's good to, it's good to hear that Kelly and Brandon are able to spend time together with their kids topic on the podcast, despite their split 
especially since as recently as January 2022, this year, a source told Us Weekly that Kelly, quote, will not even entertain the idea of settling with Brandon. He will not get one penny from her that isn't ordered by the judge. It's going to be nasty. It doesn't have to be nasty. Just because you're going to trial, it doesn't have to be nasty. And yes, whatever whatever the judge says goes, that's why you're in trial. So the judge can make decisions for you. And I kind of believe decisions have already been made. So here are our three topics for this podcast. One, women out earning men. Two, rekindled co-parenting. Three, spousal and child support. Let's start with number one, women out earning men. It's the hardest thing in our culture. I don't know about anybody else's culture in the world. Hardest thing in the American culture. You know, we're so used to men out earning women that that has changed. And certainly in the entertainment industry, if in a married couple, the woman is the higher earner because she's the personality, then Yes, it easily gets rough. You know, we did an episode on Adele. She out-earned her husband, who was her manager or agent. And then uh, Mary J. Blige, she had to go on tour to pay, to pay spousal support. So, of course, if you're, this is probably why Oprah never uh, married. Who is Oprah? Who's, who does Oprah date? Whoever Oprah dates. She never uh, married him. And I'm, I'm sure it's because of the money. Anyway, when I have clients in the office and they're divorcing and the woman out earns the man, it's really, there's tension. There's just tension. Men are embarrassed when they shouldn't be. If you earn a nice salary, who cares? You know, there are professions that you're in that simply earn more money. That doesn't mean that whatever the man makes, there's anything wrong with it. It, it is what it is, but it's just too tough in this culture. Well, of course, I still want people to earn as much as they can. This this is not a comment on women should not out-earn men. And I'm a woman, so I'm saying this. It's just an observation because I'm in the divorce business and I see it. And I'm reading this article and I've done episodes on other female entertainers that out earn their manager, agent, husbands. I mean, I've divorced several entertainers where the woman out earned the man. And it was a tough mediation. It was a tough divorce because there was that sensitivity. And then men typically ask for more. When the woman out earns the man, and certainly in these celebrity couples that I've worked with and the celebrity couples that I've covered on this podcast, when the, the men do not out-earn the women. They always want more than California law allows for. Always, always, always. And I kind of get it now. I, I really didn't until now. And I've done enough of these podcasts and I've watched enough of these divorces that I think it's just kind of well, why shouldn't you pay me more? We were married and you make so much more money. You don't need all your money. (laughs) Who makes money because they need it? We make money because we want it. Well, we need it first and then we want as much as we can get second. But yeah, that's, that's really a tough one. So any men who are listening to this, I really get it. If that's your situation, I really get it. 
but it's not going to change. I mean, so men, you have to deal with it. Women, you have to deal with it. Don't get mad about it. You just have to understand the dynamic more and the embarrassment. And everybody could be working up to their full potential. It just how happens to be the job that you're in, the industry that you're in. It kind of dictates how much money you can make. So I just want women to understand that and be a little bit more sensitive to the men when they ask. I'm not suggesting you give up any more money. Don't get me wrong on that. I just want you to be sensitive and try not to make it a battle and use some conflict communication techniques to to soften the conversation. Don't get wildly upset over it. Um, Understand that uh, culturally, it's just become a tough issue. You don't have to apologize for it. I mean, you know, do your best, make your, make the most you can, but don't pummel the men if they start getting, uh, territorial or, uh, grabby, just don't, don't punish them. But the law is what it is, you know, so just rely on the law and you'll be, you'll be good to go. And men don't ask for more. It's embarrassing to watch you do it. It really, really is. And no, people don't owe you more money um, because they make more than you. There's a division of community property and community property states. And if you have a prenup, that dictates. If you don't have a prenup, that dictates. Even Steven Spielberg's marriage, they didn't have a proper prenup and he had to divide everything. He certainly made a whole lot more money. Well, what he had to divide was like $200 million. And then, of course, he's made so much more than that. But um, don't ask for more. Then it gets to be contentious. If you have children, they suffer. You know, just follow the law, earn a living. You're doing a good thing. And don't worry about your wife or soon-to-be ex-wife makes more than you. It's it's just so not important. And you will be respected for what you do. You will be respected for not asking for more than the law allows. Now, if you're in an equal division of asset state, there's either community property state or an equal division of asset state. Well, then that's really, those lines are very blurry because somebody like a judge is going to make those decisions for you. How should you divide this estate? Maybe you should move to one of those states. And uh, maybe you'll have more luck that way with the judge (laughs) dividing things up differently. But I'm telling you, gentlemen, it's too embarrassing when you ask for more and then you don't get it because it just goes by, it goes by state law. So I say, don't go there and be proud of what you've done. Just be proud of what you've done. Okay. Number two, rekindled co-parenting. You can not know how valuable this is. So when the divorce is ongoing, well, leading up to the divorce and when the divorce is ongoing, everybody's emotions are all over the place and the children suffer because they watch their parents fight. The parents are suffering, they're in pain, they don't know uh, conflict communication skills well enough to be able to deal with it, and there's fear. There's fear and anger. So the poor children are the casualties. Okay, when the divorce is over, when all the decisions have been made, and people calm down, you can go back to good co-parenting. 
And it looks like Kelly and Brandon did. So if they're both at the Montana ranch and the Montana ranch was contentious, Brandon wanted half of it. Kelly said it was all hers. She bought it. Um, Somehow it didn't factor into the community property. Um, But isn't it nice that they're together with their kids at the ranch? Hats off to both of them for putting all the issues aside and spending time with the children. I don't know if they even realize how fabulous that decision is, how productive and beneficial to the kids. You know, you're modeling behavior to your children. And so you have to you have to uh, know that. And, and I know that when we're modeling behavior, sometimes we just can't help ourselves. I get it. But you can correct it. You don't have to keep doing bad behavior. So I'm so excited for them and their children that they're on vacation on the ranch. And hats off to both of you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, I just was delivering a speech today in which I was saying that uh, divorce is generational. People repeat what they see, hear, experience. So a child of divorce is statistically more prone to get divorced. And everybody has to be sensitive to that. If you're a child of divorce, you are sensitive to that. But then when you're in your own divorce, you forget about all that. And depending on the emotional nature of the divorce, um, you could be contentious. And again, you know, maybe you're raising a child who's also going to get divorced. It's a drag, man. It's really a drag. But um, maybe they're on the right track. You know, maybe they put their differences aside and looking at the children is the priority, which is exactly what everybody has to do. So I'm hoping that for them. And I just loved reading that. So that was good. And then lastly, spousal support and child support. In California law, and maybe it is the same in other states, and whatever state you're in and listening to this, check it out. You can always go to Google Law School and ask questions in the Google search bar and see what your state allows for in spousal support. I think there's a state or two that doesn't even acknowledge alimony. Well, alimony is the same as spousal support. I think there's a a, a state or two that doesn't even acknowledge it or it's really, really tiny. So, you know, it doesn't really, it really doesn't do much for your bottom line. You really do have to work. But in California, spousal support cannot be made, cannot be based on anything other than the highest income earned between date of marriage and date of separation. So people always worry that After the date of separation, they get the most fabulous job they've ever had. It's the most money they've ever made. And now I'm being punished. I'm quoting people. Now I'm being punished for doing better and I have to spend more of it in spousal support. Well, California, not true. Not true. You look at the most that you've made in the marriage and that's the top dollar that can be used for spousal support. No, not so for child support. The sky's the limit with child support. But when you're, when you're dealing with these high net worth couples, it really depends on 
I guess, for spousal support, there's a lot of factors in spousal support. Spousal support is not an easy issue, at least in California divorce. But I think just in general, it's not an easy issue in any state because people are still people. And once the divorce is in motion, nobody wants to pay spousal support generally. Unless it's a long-term marriage, somebody stayed home to raise the children, never worked, long-term meaning 20 years, 25 years. Yeah, you got to do spousal support. I mean, come on. The person can't, the person that never worked can't just jump into the job market and, and be making great money. It doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. So, you know, whoever the only earner was in a long-term marriage, you, you have to cough it up. There's no argument on this. You will lose. So don't even go there. It is a waste of time and money to even try and fight that. And you have to understand that it's only right. It really is only right. And I don't know who, I don't care who's getting it, man or woman. You know, if this was a long-term marriage where one spouse stayed home to raise the kids and the other spouse went to work, come on. You just, you can't hate your spouse so much that you don't want to do spousal support. Now, there's all sorts of other factors that go into spousal support. So when you're dealing with extremely high net worth couples, like I had a couple, they were the easiest couple to work with, by the way. It was a, it was a $25 million settlement. The, the husband was a, an international financier. $25 million. They split it down the middle. They didn't argue about it because walking away with 12.5 is not so bad. I mean, literally, you can buy a yacht, can't you, with 12.5, which is, you know, the used to be the billionaire's dream. No, there was no, there was no spousal support. So in that particular settlement, and I just love these people for being so cool. In that particular settlement, She got the really, really, really expensive house in one of the most expensive parts of Los Angeles. She got that. The mortgage was already paid for, so that was easy. She just had to pay property taxes. And depending on when they got the house, maybe the property taxes weren't so bad. He had other homes in other countries, let alone in California and other states. She... They they did see an attorney for this, by the way, who confirmed no one's going to award you spousal support with a 12.5 settlement each. So they, they, they did very well for themselves. Kids were not harmed, hopefully, because they didn't fight. And this is great. And we have, and I've talked about this on, on the show before, we have a retailer in Los Angeles called Fred Siegel. This office did two of Fred Siegel's divorces. Now, it was with my predecessor, the former owner of this company. So I never met Fred Siegel. But so legend goes, and the assistant to the former owner was actually working for the former owner, and she said, yes, this was true. That Fred said, give her anything she wants, I can always make more money. Give her anything she wants, I can always make more money. Oh, my God. That's so cool. That's such a great phrase. I love that when people do that. And yes, we can all make more money. Of course, it's nice to keep the money that you earned. I mean, but if you're going to get divorced, you know, you're going to give up something. So why fight about it? 
And that was the way Fred Siegel handled his divorces. But um, spousal support has a lot of factors to it in California. And it's the length of the marriage, the ability of the recipient to get a career and earn fabulous money on their own. It's, um, you know, what other assets are being given that could be turned into cash. So there's just a lot of factors. Need is the is the first factor. Do you need it? Do you need it? And whether it's a short or long-term marriage is also the other issue. In California, 10 years is that dividing line. Any Any marriage under 10 years, spousal support is available half the length of the marriage. Anything over 10 years, it's truly negotiable. Now, I know everybody wants to focus on, well, it's for life. Unless I get married or somebody dies, not so fast. No, if you're married 10 years in a month, doubtful, doubtful you're going to get spousal support for life. Please talk to an attorney about this. If you're married, say like 10 years, 13 years-ish, you may negotiate spousal support for the exact length of the marriage. You know, people don't go for ever, go for for the forever option unless it really is like 18 years, 20 years. I mean, that's more till money do us part or or remarriage by the recipient. But um, no, child support is interesting. So child support obviously is only till the children get out of high school. And so I always thought it was just a ridiculous argument. There is a shelf life to this. And okay, if your child is one years old, well, it's 17 years of child support. In California, you're not obligated to pay for college. Maybe you are in other states. I really don't know. Oh, in New Jersey, wait a minute, check me out on this one. Go to Google Law School because I believe I read or heard something about uh, if you are divorced in New Jersey, you are obligated to pay for college. That was really weird. So check me out on this. I didn't do it before I before I aired this. I'm sorry, because I only thought about it right now. So I thought that was a little unusual. California, you don't have to do college at all. Um, but yeah, so... Child support has a shelf life. Maybe the, you know, what if the kids are in their teens? Then it's only like two or three years. Anyway, it's for your children. Here's one of the biggest issues in child support. I don't want him or her to have that money. Well, it's not him or her. This money really is used on the kids. Child support in California is for food, shelter, and clothing for the children. So depending on what you're spending, I mean, if you're doing, I don't know, 5000 a month on child support. I mean, that's a lot of money if you're a regular person. I mean, really a regular person. That's still a lot of money. What's child support for people that are low six figures? You know, I don't know, like 1200 1300 something like that, maybe 1500 And it's based on what each person makes. It's certainly based on what the, what the payor makes. But, um, you know, arguing about child support is a drag. Because it really is for the kids. You know, mom mom or whoever gets it, it's not going to be used to get pedicures and manicures. I mean, clothes are expensive. Food is expensive. As your kids grow up, they eat more. Well, if they're they're a guy, they eat more. And in sports, they eat more. I mean, if, if the girls decide they want to be thin, they don't eat. But 
not talking about eating disorders, just, you know, people that slim down normally as they're dating. That's it, just regular. But but I mean, regular weight, not, you know what I mean. Anyway, um, clothing costs money, food costs money, and part of the mortgage or rent that you're paying um, is attributable to having the children live with you. You know, you have to have extra space, extra rooms in order to house the children. Or if you're living in a small space, you still have to carve out a space for your child or children. So it get, gets eaten up. If you're only, if you're getting like 12, 1300 a month or two or 300 a month, I mean, seriously, well, now that you're knowing that part of it goes to rent or mortgage, food and clothing, it's eaten up. So that's why I always thought, God, it's such an odious argument about child support because there is a shelf life to it and it's for the kids so that the kids can have a decent life. Anyway, I, I just, I, I hope people can change their thinking on that um, and not make that part of the argument with divorce because it really, really shouldn't be. You should want your kids to have the best. You really should. So that's the podcast for today. Those are the three points I wanted to bring up on this miraculous recovery by Kelly Clarkson and Brandon Blackstock. And I love both of you for doing that. Brandon, I hope you become very satisfied in your career and are proud of yourself for the accomplishments you've made in your career. Kelly, you've done well. I remember when you were on American Idol and you won and, you know, everything. I just want it to be hunky-dory for your family because you are still a family connected by your children. So that's the podcast for today. I thank you all very much for joining me. Do contact me through my website or email. Judith at theamicabledivorceexpert.com. Judith at theamicabledivorceexpert.com. And as always, have an amicable day. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Be good to yourselves, be kind to your spouse, and cherish your children above all else. 